Uh, well, I, I reacted to a couple of things that happened recently here in New York City uh, that, frankly, I was shocked that more Jewish leaders and more uh, outspoken uh, people in our community did not react to, and that's pretty sad, honestly. It was wonderful to see uh, that my old friend Bruce Teitelbaum, uh, who's a uh, an entrepreneur in New York City, but you remember as uh, chief of staff to Mayor Giuliani during one of the most amazing eras in New York City history, frankly. Boy, do we pine for those days, don't we? Uh, Bruce reacted, and Bruce reacted to what I posted, both about uh, an outrageous comment by a new congressman here in New York and also about uh, the fact that Andrew Yang, I have to assume, has come under tremendous fire for a statement he made recently in terms of being anti-BDS. And I was wondering, where is everybody? Where is everybody thanking him for a comment like that? For comments about all of this, I've invited Bruce Teitelbaum on the air to discuss it with us here at JM in the AM. Bruce, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It, it feels like yesterday, Nathan. Thank you. It, it's I, I can't even start. <laughs> if, if I start going down that road, we'll be reminiscing for hours. So. <laughs> but when I say, by the way, when I say golden era of New York City, I would assume you would agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, it, it was certainly the golden era for the Jewish community, and I think in generally it was a great time for the city of New York. Um, what you mentioned earlier really disturbed me so much. I mean, here you have a newly elected congressman from Riverdale, this guy Bowman, who replaced Elliot Engel, who was yeah. a great friend of the Jewish community, chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. And, and yet the Jewish community did not rally behind Elliot, who was a great friend. Um, he's gone. And in his place, a guy who thinks it's important to comment, uh, slander, frankly, the Jewish people in Israel about a vaccination plan in Tel Aviv. It was bizarre. It was amazing. And I didn't hear anyone from the Jewish community come up and speak out against this guy. Uh, it really disturbed me. I expected from Rashida Tlaib and from um, Elon Omar, I expected from Joaquin Castro. But when a congressman from New York representing a community where there are lots of Jews feels that he can make a comment like that with impunity, Malcolm, that's the problem. When, when he does something like that, and believe me, I know politics, I know government, people are watching. Other folks around New York, elected officials, people running for office were watching. And when no one said anything, no one from the organized Jewish community came out and opposed this guy, that sent a message. And it's a bad message. And now you're going to see other folks doing similar things, like the DSA in New York, the Democrat Socialists, are sending a questionnaire around to people running for public office wanting to know, will those people commit to boycott Israel? Not visit Israel. Right. That's happening right now. A lot of problems, Nachum. Yeah. Um, Bowman's comment, by the way, and I don't have it in front of me, and I wish I did, but uh, essentially, folks, he was um, criticizing the state of Israel and Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, for not um, uh, moving forward on vaccinations for uh, people in the PA, which, by the way, is not Israel's responsibility. Their responsibility is to Jewish and Arab residents and other residents of Israel. Uh, and then use the word occupation, something like, uh, you know, this is uh, this is how uh, uh, th this is why the occupation has to end, etc. Now, again, just that term that he was able to get away with it, being a congressman from Yonkers, Riverdale, New Rochelle, etc., is pretty outrageous. I, I mean, I I've I've really heard no reaction. I don't know if my friends up north in Westchester County and the rabbis up there have, in fact, reached out to him or not. 
but I just haven't heard any reaction out there from anybody. And I think the other story, Bruce, is sort of the same thing, and I'll tell you why I feel that way. The other story is that Andrew Yang, who's running for mayor of New York City, uh, made it clear that he's an anti-BDSer, which is a pretty sensitive position to take right now in this progressive atmosphere, uh, and uh, ha- and saw no reason why New York shouldn't be dealing with Israel in terms of uh, economics and business, etc. And uh, I would assume, I just have to assume, that he's come under tremendous fire by the progressive wing, the dominant wing at this point, of the Democratic Party. Yeah. E- e- and I think both stories are the same. I think Jewish leadership, including including the organizations that you, in your tenure at City Hall, remember always being active, always reacting in a positive manner to someone's uh, comments like Yang's, and always reacting in a strong manner to someone's comments like Bowman's, they're just not there. Nobody's saying anything or getting out there publicly to condemn when someone should be condemned or when to praise when someone should be praised. Totally agree, which is why I commend you for for speaking out and for inviting me on. And Andrew Yang, who I spoke to several weeks ago, deserves a lot of credit because you're right. He's getting blasted um, in Twitter world and on social media. And um, listen, I I went to Israel a couple of years ago. Um, I happened to be there where the JCRC was running a mission, and they brought about 15 city council people there, including the speaker of the council, Corey Johnson. And I remember speaking to at least a half a dozen of the council persons who told me that they were vilified in their communities. They said they've never been attacked so viciously by the activists for having the audacity to visit Israel. So Yang, when he came out in support or opposing BDS and in support of Israel, he did take a lot of heat. And I don't know, I haven't spoken to him in the last couple of weeks, but I don't know how many calls he got from Jewish leaders and rabbis commending him for for taking that position, which, by the way, took a lot of courage in the climate that we're in today. You're right. Uh, By the way, we did invite him on. We invited Andrew Yang on through his representatives. We were told maybe in a few weeks, and I was like, you know, but trust me, it's worth the three, four. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. I will get, make sure that Andrew goes in your show. I appreciate that. I said to them, you know, it's worth his three, four minutes to to get a clip of you know me thanking him that we could then send to everybody in the Jewish world as a lesson to how people should be reacting to this gentleman. Uh, and will, I know, and I know this controversy. I know people on Facebook have written about other things that he has said about the Jewish community, etc. But I thought you explained really well. But look, the bottom line is he's being outspoken in a really tough atmosphere for him about being anti-BDS. It is a position that is not very popular these days. It's true, and again, to the point I made earlier, it's important that folks, politicians, and others see that the organized Jewish community does support its friends and does support people who take positions uh, of conscience. So a lot of folks are going to watch and they're going to see now. Yang came out, made that comment, took that very, very important stand. Now a lot of folks are going to watch and see, well, what's the reaction going to be? And frankly, politicians do things in a very calculated way. If they see that Yang, there's no upside for him for doing this, that in the future they may not say anything that's supportive. If they see that the Jewish community rallies around Yang, thanks him for saying what he did, well, there's an upside. Yep. And that's the way politics works. You know that, Nahum. Sure. You know, I, I, there are a couple of things that are so different from, again, when you were in City Hall. One of the things that bothers me, and maybe you could help explain this, how we got to this point, from what I am told by Jewish leaders in the Queens area, it's impossible to get a meeting with AOC. 
She has no <laughs> interest in speaking to anybody who is orthodox, no, that she knows is going to represent a pro-Israel position, etc. It's impossible to get a meeting. I would assume it's almost the same, if not the same now, with this new congressman, Bowman. Now, you have to remember, uh, there was an era for a long, long time in this city and in this state where, at the minimum, People who were, you know, on the other, I'll give you a perfect example. My congresswoman, Velasquez, Mm -hmm. she never hesitated. She was anti, she was pro the Iran deal. She knew she had constituents on Grand Street right here who were not happy with it. And she met with us. She met with us in a, in a nice Bakovadik, as we would say in our lingo, (laughs) a nice 20 person forum. And, you know, and, and she ended up voting for it, but there's a different relationship now between our community and her because there's been this, you know, get-together, get-together of understanding. Let's put it now you can't even get a meeting with these yeah. people. I, are, are we so weak politically now in this city and in this state that they don't see the value of just getting together with Jewish leaders, even those who may disagree with them? Well, well pretty much. There were two things there. First of all, um, unfortunately, the Jewish community um, politically has become weaker and weaker, the dirty little secret is we don't vote, uh, and politicians pay attention. And second of all, and I can't speak specifically about AOC, but the whole new group of elected officials, um, DSA folks, people on the extreme left of the party, you got to understand their mindset. They want to deconstruct the existing order. For them, the old coalitions and the alliances and the way things were done are bad, and they want them destroyed. So there is no reason why a lot of these folks meet with Jewish leaders or, or a coalition of, of different ethnic groups. They don't care. They have an agenda. Um, they think the way things have gone off the past 10, 20, 30 years is wrong. It's the old way of doing things. And they want a new pathway forward. So they just don't care. Um, and, I mean, you know this, Nachum, it's inconceivable that even 10 years ago you would have um, elected officials or people running for public office who would sign a pledge not to visit Israel. Yeah. It would never happen. But today, the people signing those pledges say there's no downside, so why not do it? That's yeah. the problem. And uh, I know that I mean our own mayor here in New York City and so many others who, again, people in those positions years ago would have at least taken a meeting, would have at least been in a dialogue. They have no interest in it right now. No. no, there's, there's, no there's no, it's not like it was years ago. Yeah. Um, people are in the, you know, people go to a camp, they're in the left, to the right, up or down, they stay there. Um, they don't see the benefit of talking and trying to build coalitions. Uh, it's a national problem, but it's really a very, very serious problem here in New York. And, and I keep saying this, and, and, I, and I talk about this a lot in social media, if the Jewish community doesn't wake up really, really quickly, we don't begin to exercise the vote and to influence elected officials like we used to, we are in big trouble. Um, it's as simple as that. New York, you know, when, when I was in City Hall, the city is so much different. People say to me, well, why can't another Giuliani arise? The city is totally different. You know, 20, 25 years ago, population was different. Um, the world was different. The world has changed. And if we don't learn to adapt, we're, we're in a serious, serious situation. As I said, we started with Bowman. Right. Could you imagine a congressman representing a heavily Jewish district coming out and, and condemning Israel and, and sort of implying that Israel is like the apartheid South Africa, you'd expect that from maybe some congressman in Ohio right. with, or Michigan. But in New York 
And where, where are the leaders of the New York congressional delegation? Where are the Jewish leaders of the congressional delegation? Now, I don't know what they said to Bowman privately, but I don't care about private. I want public, because no one knows what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I can assure you, by the way, Bowman doesn't care, because Bowman is part of that new coalition, and he couldn't care less about what the old guard has to say. That's also a danger for the Jewish community. You know what I was thinking of the other day, um, and Bruce Teitelbaum was with us. I was thinking the other day that uh, Charles Schumer, and I'm not using this opportunity to bash him. I'm, I'm, this is an analysis. This is literally an analysis. I want to see if you agree. Um, he, he came out against the Iran deal. Uh, mm-hmm. he, 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 he publicly rebuked President Obama for his statements about Israel, if you recall, back in, I'm thinking, 2011, 2012, somewhere at the beginning of uh, the Obama era. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and in fact, his own advisors advised him not to come out so strong, but he just lost himself in support of Israel. And he came out <laughs> and made some statements that later he may have regretted in being as strong as he was against the right. I don't know if someone like that with a history of being, you know, an Israel lover and supporter, I don't know if someone like that would do that today. I don't know if, if even he, like, where is he now? I know, I understand he's not a house leader. I get it. But in the old days, someone like like Chuck Schumer in his position and, and, you know, carrying the weight of the Jewish world on his shoulders would be condemning a new congressman for saying something like this. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, as you said, w- without talking about Senator Schumer, he is now the majority leader of the Senate. He right. has a lot of responsibility. Right. You, again, I think that you know, Nachum was saying the same thing. The atmosphere has is, is changed, and, and it's really incumbent upon us, people like you, leaders in the Jewish community, people who have a voice to stand up and not wait for um, other people to do something. You know, in the past also, it was sort of a top-down approach. You had a lot of people, very, very prominent rabbis active in the community, some Jewish leaders. They'd pick up the phone, call up a Schumer or call up a Nadler or call up people like that. Times have changed, or or, um, or or call up Governor Cuomo when he makes an outrageous right. statement about about why a Jew might get pardoned. Right, but, but absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I I hate to say it, and I said it a few minutes ago. I'll say it again. Politicians um, watch very carefully about demographic changes. They watch about voting trends. Um, they just do. And over the last five, six, eight years, the Jewish community is voting less and less and less. And I must also say that because of the changes in local law with respect to fundraising, you know, it's different. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, a lot of politicians relied on on the Jewish community to raise funds to support them. Today, as you know, because of the Internet, social media, and other ways of raising money and campaign finance laws that have been changed, where the city contributes a lot more money uh, to politicians, it's not as important anymore. Right. So and, so, and people from thousands of miles away are taking greater interest in local elections here. Exactly. Right. I mean, literally, you could be running for office right. in, in Northern California. I know, I know how many Jews here poured money into the Atlanta, into the Atlanta Senate races. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's Georgia, not as, Georgia, you know, Georgia. Right. It, it's not as important as it was before. So there are a lot of things that are, are, are mitigating against us right now. So we have a chance now, Nachum. You know, a mayoral election is coming up, citywide elections are coming up, 10, 15, 20 city council members are being changed. Now we're going to see what the Jewish community is going to do. There are folks running, and I'd love to come back and talk to you about this for the city council, oh, I'd love who to. are playing footsie with the DSA, with, with vicious anti-Semites. You have Linda Sassor, who receives hundreds of thousands of dollars in city taxpayer money, 
We have people running for Congress who are openly flirting with folks who are anti-Israel. What is the community going to do about that? What are, we, are, we, are we going to sit and watch passively, or are we going to stand up and uh, we can fight back? This is a big test for us coming up in about five months from now. And, and big picture, Bruce, with all this having been said, I mean, it, it's no secret that you're invested, so to speak, in the future of, I'm talking about financially, in the future of, <laughs> of, of Manhattan and New York City. I mean, you would think the way you're describing things, someone like yourself might, might give up and find a different city, maybe in Texas or Florida, to invest in. Yet you, it, it sounds like you're still ready to do business in New York. Look, um, you know, there's a, yes, the, the answer is momentarily yes. Um, <laughs> you know, you're right. The Jewish community has a tremendous amount invested in the city. Yeshivas, schools, uh, uh, you know, synagogues, uh, centers. There are a lot of older people who live here who can't move so easily. Uh, and this is, you know, where we live. Um, would I like to pick myself up tomorrow and uh, get a condo on the beach of Miami and move to Israel? In a second. Unfortunately, not possible at this moment. Who knows? But, you know, if things continue the, the way they go, I'm not really sure I could live in a city where you have senior public officials who are openly hostile to the Jewish community. Right. I'm not sure if that's a tenable situation for me. And I must tell you, we don't want to wake up one day and find that we're in a city where politicians, important politicians, feel it okay to publicly condemn Israel and then also to start giving money and support to people who are vicious anti-Semites. I'm not so sure that's a place I want to live. And outside of the Jewish peace, <clears throat> um, with, with, that, with the wing of the Democratic Party that's getting more and more control and the type of, of um, uh, policies and attitudes that you've described that you know, so many of the new uh, public officials have, I mean, from that end, is there hope for New York City? You know, for those who would like to, you know, build buildings and and make investments and see businesses grow. I mean, once COVID's over, is it possible? And see the tourism industry boom. I mean, is it possible with all the progressive methods of doing business that we can get back to that type of uh, uh, of, a, of economy here? It's a tough situation. The answer is we don't know. You have an important show and you have a platform. And I would hope over the next few months, because the Democratic primary for mayor is in June, not that far away. Right. The person who wins that race is going to be the next mayor of New York. Um, I think it's important that we pay a lot of attention to this. The, answer, the short answer to the question is we don't know. If the wrong person gets elected, I can tell you this, though. If the wrong person gets elected and down ballot, if you have other council persons who likewise are just bad people, um, who are so far to the left, I must tell you, future of New York is questionable. New York's not going to disappear. New York is New York. It'll be here. But the New York that you and I know, you know, knew and the New, the New York that we'd like to see um, is not going to be the same. Um, it'll change. And you have to understand the folks, some of whom we've mentioned on the, on the show now and others we haven't, see things totally different the way we see things. They see things in a different way. Um, and it's not a kind of way I think that you and most of your listeners uh, would find acceptable. It's a real danger. We should pay close attention to this. We have four or five months before the next election primary, and we should do everything we can to be educated and get out there in big numbers and, and, and vote. If we don't, it's going to endanger the community, and it's going to really threaten, I think, the future viability of New York City. Wow. 
What a picture you've painted for us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. I wish right. I could be more, 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 more upbeat. And, but, I, um, and I fear about the next leadership of the NYPD. And, and you know, because yeah. it's not just, I mean, I, so I'm sure you've seen the random attacks on video in Williamsburg and other places, but it's not only the Jewish community. There are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of uh, peaceful families out there living in the five boroughs who want protection and want to have, you know, police being able to do their job on, their, on the streets. And if the police, is, if the police hands are going to be handcuffed by either a commissioner or a mayor or both, then I don't know where this city is going to be heading. Crime is crime is out of control. Um, there have been, you know, the law, the bail reform law that was changed, other laws that were, were changed, and you can thank the New York State Assembly for that. Right. Um, between that and between the changes here in the city, um, it's not. It, it's a bleak. It's a bleak picture. There was a. There was an assault yesterday in your neighborhood on the Lower East Side. Right. That was the. You talking about the Friday 11 a.m. Uh, on, on Canal Street? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was and random, but, random and and disgraceful and 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 the. I mean just crazy. The whole thing and, is nuts. And and you know something. What's more frightening is that something like that. Someone getting off a bus, who was then viciously attacked, stripped, beaten, robbed. That would have been the front page of the paper five years ago. That's Today, right. doesn't even make the news really. That's right. Yeah, well, burning down buildings didn't make the news, so why should that? Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, sure. A pleasure to have you on, and uh, let's, hope, let's hope and pray for a better New York City as we move forward, and I think we have the opportunity to play an important role in that. So I, I think you're right. I'm going to call up Andrew, make sure he gets on your show oh, quickly. Oh, thank you. Uh, big, big thank you to Andrew Yang for his anti-BDS statements, and anybody in New Rochelle, Riverdale, <laughs> Yonkers, anybody in that area, if you work or live in that area, and, and Bauman is your is your congressman, please make your voice heard regarding his uh, statement about the occupation that he made over the weekend. Thank you, Bruce. Amen. Thanks, Malcolm. Be well. Bruce Teitelbaum, everybody. Amazing analysis, and I thank him. Wednesday morning, Erev Tubishvat here at JM in the AM. Mm-hmm.